0: You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. 702 and Cape Talk, the Literature Corner. Now we have the gorgeous Karaba with us, consummate broadcaster and uh, absolutely brilliant arts journalist and a gift to the nation. I'm going to go out while my ratings go up as she speaks books. <laughs> How are you Thank darling? you for
1: the love, Eusebius. It's so constant. It keeps it keeps me warm and keeps me. It's only true. Inside.
0: It's only true. You are those people who make the rest of us feel bad because you're always reading, doing things. Then she's at the Gramstone Art Festival. You know, like people who were like already behaving as brilliantly as the adults in our industry when all of us were still kids. So it's always a treat having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming in.
1: Anna, thank you so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure being here.
0: Now, I asked Robert to come in for a quirky conversation. And uh, this morning I checked a little bit and unsurprisingly, there's an interesting history behind this. Blurbs. If you don't buy a book because you like the subject matter or the author, you happen to know them, three things will probably determine whether or not you will buy them and some combination of the three. The title the cover, and of course the blurb. And blurbs are fascinating for me because they can sell you a dud Or blurbs can sometimes undersell a book that is otherwise brilliant. Or occasionally, a blurb can be absolutely perfect. Now my apologies, I should have given you homework yesterday to make sure that you have your own examples ready. Uh, In the absence of that, I'm afraid you're going to have to just salivate as Karabon and I give you our examples of books from our libraries. But if you are listening and you have books uh, that you really enjoy, that are within reach, then you've read them, you've reread them, why don't you read the blurb again and tell me, before you come on air, obviously you've got to think about it, whether the blurb does the book justice, whether the blurb is an exaggeration, whether it works or not. 11 double one double eight three O seven O two in Joburg and in Cape Town on O two one double four six O five six seven. I was delighted when my producer said that you were excited for this conversation. I don't know if it's only because you love talking books or whether you think that it is interesting to talk about blurbs as well, because I thought maybe you might go, huh, what a naff topic.
1: No, actually, one of the reasons why I was really interested in having this conversation is that uh, when I was small, when I was 25, yeah, I worked two years for a publisher. Mm -hmm. I was actually a PA. Uh, in a in a in a major publishing house in South Africa, so their discussions around you know how to put the blurb together and who puts the blurb together and you know whether everyone's in agreement whether the author's happy with the blurb was always it was always a thing every time you know w- w- at the beginning of the life of a book mm-hmm. uh once you know it's time to take it to print so I thought it would be nice to actually sort of have this conversation and 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 hear what everyone else has to say because also you know like you and I'm sure like everyone who's listening uh it is, if you haven't heard of about the book, if it hasn't been reviewed or everyone's making a big splash, making making a big noise about it, you do look at the blurb. You look at the cover, you look at the title, you look at the blurb. Yeah. You know?
0: And then you either put it back or you take it home with you, hmm. hopefully first paying for it. So it does play a very important role.
1: It does. And even for me as a reviewer as well, um, I do receive a lot of uh, review, review copies of books from publishers. And sometimes the blurbs, you know, will put it at my... Back, m- m- back burner list. Where it's like ah, I don't know. Yes, you know?
0: <laughs> yes. Will I prioritize this one or not? Mm, okay, no. Nah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's also <laughs> but and, and and you know it, it, it's informed by things like timing. It depends on the genre as well. Yeah. You know, if you're dealing with with uh, with political nonfiction, for example, uh, a book like "On the Brink: South Africa's Political and Fiscal Cliffhanger," this was written uh, before um, while Zuma was still uh, president by Claire Bissica You know, um. The blurb reads like this. Few countries in transition have managed to get a grip on their public finances as well as South Africa did after 1994. Now, just more than 20 years later, the nation's credibility and the democratic project lie in tatters as we teeter on the brink of a political and fiscal cliff. Business confidence and investment have evaporated, along with clean, accountable government, causing South Africa to be downgraded to junk status, crushing the country's growth potential and pushing it towards a debt trap. How did we land up in this mess, and can we pull it back? Can we pull back from the brink? It didn't do anything for me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Can I? It
1: took forever to write that review. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even start reading the book.
0: Yeah, no, that was. I mean, that was about as exciting as dishwater right there. One has to be completely honest about it. I sorry,
1: Tafelberg.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you get it right, sometimes you don't. I was prompted to have this conversation with you because, as a, everyone, anyone who follows me on books knows that I have a love affair with James Baldwin. Mm. And I reread one of his best novels In my opinion I'm not sure if you've read this one It's called Tell Me How Long The Train's Been Gone Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful title I like the title alone And even though I've read this book a couple of times I actually can't give you a good description of Why the title is apt I just love the sound of the title by the way So in this case the title, side note Is actually a little bit weird Um, But the blurb is just the most perfect summary Of my experience of the book as a writer Can I read it for you? Please do In this magnificently passionate, angry and tender novel, James Baldwin created one of his most striking characters, a man struggling to become himself even as he juggles multiple identities, as black man, bisexual and artist, on the mercilessly floodlit stage of American public life. At the height of his theatrical career, the actor Leo Proudhammer is nearly felt by a heart attack. As he hovers between life and death, Baldwin shows the choices that have made him enviably famous and terrifyingly vulnerable. For between Leo's childhood on the streets of Harlem and his arrival into the intoxicating world of the theatre lies a wilderness of desire and loss, shame and rage. An adored older brother vanishes into prison. There are love affairs with a white woman and a younger black man, each of whom will make irresistible claims on Leo's loyalty. And everywhere there is the anguish of being black in a society that at times seems poised on the brink of total racial war, overpowering in its vitality, extravagant in the intensity of its feeling. Tell me how long the train's been gone is a major work of American literature. Sure. But you want to take it home?
1: I want to take it home. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds like a review. It's a pretty long blurb. And it's quite
0: a long one, yeah. right? Yeah, it's but, long.
1: But it, it is tantalizing.
0: But it's it, it, for me, I read that and I was like, yes, 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 yes. That is how I experienced the book. But it's not so long because this is one of the, if you go on like how to write good blurbs, they tell you one of the good things to do in a blurb is to leave little cliffhangers. So although this is quite detailed, there's actually a lot of the texture in terms of the relationship between the characters that make the novel that aren't given away. Mm-hmm. So what I can also confirm, having read the book, is that although it's a it's a detailed pricey, it actually leaves a lot out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And also, I mean, we, we can also have this as a side note because sometimes – also, what, what authors use, what, what publishers use and, uh, when they sell books is that in addition to the blurb, they'll provide a shout. And yes. sometimes I think that the shout can, can, can add to, you know, whether a person is likely to pick it up or not. But, yeah, sticking to the blurb, um, there's one, there's one that, um, that I have here, uh, Melusi Chabalala's Every Day Zulu by Melusi Chabalala. I've got the blurb to that one. And the reason why I decided to pick this one it's funny you were having an advertising conversation. Melusi is an ad man, you know, okay. and, and 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 I'm thinking a blurb is, is a tool that's used to sell a book using words. Yes, you know, you know, it, it does does it do this this one justice? I can't and,
0: tell you my honest response because I haven't heard the blurb. Read it.
1: Okay. You're probably thinking Melusi's everyday Zulu, yeah, Bantu. Who is Melusi? Why should we care about his everyday Zulu? Why does he even have to have his own Zulu? Because he simply hijacked it. Six days a week, Melusi Chabalala, creative professional and entrepreneur, posts a new Isi Zulu word on his Melusi's Everyday Zulu Facebook page and tells a story to help bring word, the word to life. His offbeat sense of humor, razor-sharp social observations and frank political commentary not only teach his followers Isi Zulu words and expressions, but also offer insight into the world Melusi inhabits as a 21st century Zulu man. Melusi's everyday Zulu holds up a mirror that shows South African society in all its flaws and its sheer humanity. He pokes fun at our differences and makes us laugh at ourselves and, and at each other. His fans love him for his honesty and commitment to pointing out subtle and overt forms of prejudice and racism. Most importantly, he shows the power of words and that there's umzulu in all of us.
0: <laughs> I like a <the> last bit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So... Are there shouts there, by the way? there's no just, shouts. There are no shouts. There's no shouts. Let me... There is. Who, the, who can, JCW.
1: 220 pages of Isi Zulu, Cheek, Irreverence, and Laugh Out Loud Humor. And he said lol because that's how my... Was that the only title. shout? Only shout. No.
0: I'd love you to bits Jenny Chris Williams. Mm. I wouldn't buy that book because Jenny Chris Williams gave yeah, me a exactly. shout. I'll tell you why. The liberal in me, who's also at the same time woke on racial politics, I thought, is Malusi a character created by some white liberal to try and teach other whites how to speak Zulu? The, and- the, the first time I took the book seriously, and I haven't yet picked it, is when I saw Fred Kumalo enjoying it on Facebook I would have wanted a shout from a Karabaholeng or a Fred Just to signal to to. Exactly So that you signal to everyone Because when you do a shout as part of the blurb You must ask yourself, who am I speaking to? So if you're going to have your sort of like liberal white tani Who will buy the book anyway Hoping that they can quickly learn Zulu But then you also want like black people to not think that the book is a caricature
1: That's the thing that's the thing, and that's and that's where this blurb falls short for me because the book is hilarious and it gets you thinking, and you know, there's there's many you know um, there's mo- many aha right moments while you're reading it, and Melusi's a good writer. Okay, he's he's good with language. He's good. But with But you words. see, this is my point. I'm going to
0: read it now because of Fred and because of you.
1: Yeah. So they. There we go. There's an, another case of a blurb gone wrong. Mm. Um, in my opinion, I think I think the publishers could have. I, I don't know how he feels about it, mm. you know, because he t- he, <laughs> he 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 strikes me, you know, in reading in reading his, his his book as somebody who sets a very high standard and a very high bar. So I don't know. Maybe it was you know the excitement of getting the book published and sure. you know and maybe the followers on Facebook, you know, they are enough of an audience will be able to spread the word. But yeah, I think. This I
0: think the other reason, Karabo, is because we often think of the blurb as an afterthought. Mm -hmm. There often isn't a lot of creative back and forth between someone in the publishing company and writers about the blurb. And we may fight a bit about the title. We fight less about the cover design and we fight less about the blurb as well. Mm. And I think if we understand, particularly in a market as small as ours, we don't have enough people buying books, black and white. The blurb is critically important, and and if you understand its business value, then maybe more of us will put in more effort to to make sure that the blurb is pitch perfect.
1: Mm, I agree yeah. with you hundred percent.
0: Have you read Rusty Bell?
1: Yes, of course I have.
0: This is the other man that I'm that I'm in love with? I, I'm totally he's he's, mine. He's, no, his he's mine. No, you his wife has come to terms <laughs> with that. He's mine. I, 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 now this this one, by the way, and we, we can have this conversation maybe next time. There, eh? but how beautiful is the cover design? Yes.
1: It's stunning. It
0: evokes the magic of his skill set because yeah. he's, he's, he's evocative in his craft. Yes. And this is this is one of my favorite South African covers. But I, I I don't have strong feelings about this. I just took it off the library this morning. I thought this is better than the ones I want to diss just now. But it's not as good as the James Baldwin one. It reads as <laughs> follow at, at the back. Michael is a respected and haunted corporate lawyer, the narrator of this sweeping, intimate and intricate exploration of the plurality and mystery of things, love, grief, fate, lust, but most of all life. Ntikang Moshlele once again delves into head cracking and bruising questions in this coming out of and against age story, told with humor, beauty, and calculated rage, brimming with delicacy and authorial thunder. This part campus novel, part philosophical epistle, is one man's rebellion against life as we know it. Rusty Bell is an appallingly wise examination of the perils of being human by a writer who knows the beauty and savagery of words.
1: Boom. Like That's it? it. Yeah.
0: And some wonderful turns of phrase. Fr- I wonder who wrote this one. Yeah. I was actually found out. And Kang. this is, you know, the privileges of knowing writers. Please tell me who wrote this. <laughs> I just thought the, the, the one description that I loved particularly was appallingly wise examination. Yes. I've never heard appallingly used in such a positive sense. Yes, yeah. definitely yeah.
1: And coming of and against age
0: yeah. yeah, and I misread that the first time Because I thought it was a coming of age And I hate, I hate the kind of like Cliché description But mm-hmm. this was a wonderful way of actually Just breaking that up, yeah. love it Okay, 19 minutes after 11 Have you got any books that you have blurbs That you want to read from? Uh, if you are in your library um, Sorry if you're in the office And you can't quickly enough get to your home 11 883 in Joburg in Cape Town On 21 Five, six, seven, and by the way, while we're at it, yes, I absolutely recommend James Baldwin. Tell me how long the train's been gone. I do recommend Rusty Bell and Decaying Moshlele, the one you've touched on. You recommended, by the way.
1: I recommend Melusi Chabalala's "Melusi's um, Everyday Zulu." I think it's hilarious. Um As somebody who has I, I used to decry the fact that uh, we feel as people of uh, other African languages that isiZulu is imposed upon us, uh, that we don't have a choice. Abe Zulu don't want to speak our languages. We must speak theirs. But then I've grown to recognize Melusi's observation that possibly there is Umzulu in every one of us. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I highly recommend it. And
0: that turgid political thing that you had in On front the of bring
1: you? you know what? The thing is, it's... Zuma's not president anymore. The news news has moved moved on. on. It's completely moved on. So it's one of those books that... So last year. It's it's so last year, and I don't think it was... Sorry, Claire, because you're a good journalist. I don't think it was good enough to sort of, you know, hold up and stand the test of time. I think it was for that moment.
0: I love an honest reviewer. 21 minutes after 11. 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. Beck announced. Ntondon. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the literature corner. My name is Karabo Kholeng and I'm with you Sirius i um thank you for having me <laughs> gate crashing his show uh, to talk about blurbs. Uh, what are your favorite blurbs? Uh, look to your collection if you're not at your library, you can easily go onto to amazon they 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 print they they Post. Yeah. They publish the blurb, blurb online, so you can read that and then share that with us. And you can give us the call if you're in Cape Town on o two one four four six o five six seven. Oh, well, look at and her. Even <laughs> On 011-830-702. You can tell I listen to the show, right?
0: <laughs> she does. She yeah. does. Yeah, she's a very generous listener as well. Which book next shall we? Shall we do you? You do one. I've done two. You've done two.
1: Okay. This one is by Johan Hari. It's called Chasing the Scream, and it reads as follows. Drugs are not what we think they are, addiction is not what we think it is, and the war on drugs is not what we see on our TV screens. In Chasing the Scream, Johan Hari shows his discoveries through the riveting true stories he uncovered on a 30,000 mile journey from the founder of the war on drugs who stalked and killed Billie Holiday to a transgender crack dealer in Brooklyn. To the only country that has ever decriminalized all, dr- all drugs with remarkable results, you will never look at addiction or our society in the same way again. This is an earnest blurb. Yes, it teases you because, I mean, you know, a transgender tra- crack addict in Brooklyn. Uh, how, you, you know, how do you even imagine <laughs> that, right? And, you know, yeah. who, you know, the, the war on drugs, the guy who instigated it killed Billy Holiday and persecuted her. So already there's a bit of drama, but it's also a very earnest book. Because he makes some compelling arguments and, you know, talking about how you look at addiction and why the war on drugs has failed so dismally. dismally you know, um, this blurb, it 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 is to the point. And the book is actually... You know what I like
0: about that blurb? And it's it's. And I noticed some of the places how to write a good blurb that I Googled this morning. They make a... You don't want to be formulaic, but there are some things that just work. One of them is the first thing you want to sometimes try and do in the blurb is to almost have, like in academic speak, a problem statement. Yes. Or So So the blurb, the first thing, read the first two sentences. when Drugs you're are here.
1: not what they think. Exactly. We, are, they think, we think they are. Addiction is not what we yeah. think it is. So you're
0: immediately telling me, mm-hmm. your orthodox convictions, this book is going to change it. Yeah. You think you know everything about heart disease, wait till you read this yeah. book.
1: And that's exactly what it does. That is exactly, I mean, this book will blow your mind. And then, you know who, I mean, the minds that it's blown, Stephen Fry says, screamingly addictive, because there, there is humor. The story it tells, jaw the horrific, hilarious, and incredible, is one is a one everyone should know. Elton John says, "An absolutely stunning book. It will blow everyone away." Ha ha.
0: Elton Sorry. John reads. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he only sings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Naomi Klein says, superb journalism and thrilling storytelling, because that's what it is, this book. Noam Chomsky loves it. I love Noam Chomsky, so I was sold. Russell Brand is funny, and he says the book is as intoxicatingly thrilling as oh, wow. crack without ruining your teeth. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just, but the, yeah, this this book, I'm taking my time with it. I know it's still available, but if you need to understand the war on drugs, we are dealing with a crisis in South Africa right now that yeah. we're not paying enough attention yeah. to. Uh, we're dealing with Nyaupe and Crystal Meth, And we criminalize issue. and yes and and we we need to we, we, there's so many there's just so much that we need to talk about with that and i think a book like this um could not be more urgent you Can know? I tell
0: us the title again
1: it's called chasing the scream yeah.
0: okay yeah i know the title i haven't picked it up myself i love the title too by mm. the way yeah. yeah yeah love that okay the next one
1: the next one is uh, similar, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, talking about the crazy things that go on in the world. Uh, McMafia, Seriously Organized Crime by Misha Glenny. I'm a fan of Misha's work, so maybe I'm a bit biased when it, when it came to this. The fact that I saw so, so it's Misha Glenny who wrote um, uh, Traders' Guns and Money, I was like, oh, okay, man. I'm sold. Yeah. But the blurb reads, organized crime is part of all our worlds, often without us even knowing. Mc is a journey through the new world of international organized crime from gun runners in Ukraine to money launderers in Dubai by way of drug syndicates in Canada and cyber criminals in Brazil during his investigation into the dark side. Misha Glenny speaks to countless gangsters, policemen, and victims of organized crime and also explores the ferocious consumer demands for drugs, trafficked women, illegal labor, and arms across five continents sold okay, I, I agree with you stunning.
0: Yeah. So obviously this is a book that everyone's been talking about in the last couple of uh, weeks, yes. The Lost Boys of Bird Island. I don't know about this blurb, but I don't want to I don't want to prime you to not like it. Try 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 and tell me whether this blurb pulls you in if you had to hear this. It is the late 1980s. Serious allegations surface against three prominent National Party Cabinet Ministers, one of them the second most powerful man in the land. They are, it is said, regularly abusing young boys on an island just off the coast of Port Elizabeth. From opposite ends of South Africa, a brave cop the Driven Journalists Investigate, Mark Minnie, and Chris Stain independently uncover evidence of a dark secret. But the case only surfaces briefly before it disappears completely. Mm-hmm. Fifty years later, the two finally connect the dots to expose this shocking story of criminality, cover-ups and official complicity in the rape and possible murder of children, most of them vulnerable and black.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, my beef is because I've read the book twice very closely, and I was fascinated by it, and and maybe that means that I'm not going to evaluate the blurb unfairly. I think that blurb probably would pull me in if I was just browsing at, hopefully not exclusive books but an independent bookstore. Yeah. Um, but having read the book now, I actually think the book is a better achievement than that. For me, that reads like it reads like you know a a, a carte blanche. Throw forward to what we're going to tell you this yes. the Sunday. It sounds like investigative journalism, which yes. is fine. But actually, this book there th- th- are layers and layers to this book that the blurb doesn't even allude to. Now, the blurb can't be a perfect summary. So, for example, this man was raped when he was a kid by two older boys in the neighbourhood because they busted him mm. kissing their younger sister. Uh, sister. Mm. And a deep part of his motivation for wanting justice for all these working-class black kids isn't just because he was a career cop, but because inside him he carries the memory of trauma and the memory of a lack of justice, being a rape survivor himself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beautiful bits of bi- biographical vignettes that, that are as important as the political expose of Abu Mahnist Malan. Mm-hmm. And so, the back of the of this thing make it seem like this is just a cu- couple of nasty stories about nasty NP people, yes. but it's actually a, it's a book that really tells us about how incredibly insidious violence is in all of our lives, including in the family of the cop. His dad was a drunkard who mm-hmm. left his mom and used to beat her up. His stepfather committed suicide. He was also an incredibly violent man, and so as a reviewer. I know that I can say things about why this book is important, a useful text for us as a country, beyond people that have an interest in the National Party government. And, you know what I mean? And, and that this doesn't is, come and, out in the, and this in is the when
1: And this is when it, it would let the book down internationally. Because yes. an international audience doesn't necessarily want to know about exactly. the bad old guys in South Africa. Exactly. They want h- to hear human stories. Exactly. You know, And, exactly. and, and, and how, how it could be told. Universally. Through, yes. Yeah. And and that's 100%. where it's important for our publishers to make note of that when they write the blurbs. That you know, it's not just some inward looking. Yeah. It's just South Africa, and Spot on. yeah, we we need to we need to tell this ver- mm. this one's version of the mm. story. You know.
0: Thank you for coming in. You've been stunning Thank and you. the perfect guest for many reasons, and that's because you're a broadcaster yourself. What did you just do? Just tell them. You, lo- <laughs> you looked up at the clock.
1: Go- <laughs> yes, I did. I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did. love it. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, CBS. Thanks, everyone.